Hi there, I'm Eric Watts, here with Sabrina Frederick, and this is the SAS Australia Debrief. And it feels like we've only just met the ordinary Australians who have gone through this process, but already we're at the end of the season. Sabrina, do you reckon Hell Week lived up to its name? I think so. With the amount of bee stings and getting your head that close to the dirt, you pretty much are in hell at that point. And I think we can both agree it was pretty physical and and hard to watch, actually. Yeah, full credit to them. That was an absolute punish. Coming up in this episode, how did Basim keep making mistakes? We talk about one of the most frustrating recruits we've ever seen on this show, the poor bugger. Plus, should Isabella have voluntarily withdrawn to save her team from a punishment and do we agree with the DS's final selection? For one last time, let's get into it. Well, nine recruits remain at the halfway point of Hell Week. They celebrate with one of the most terrifying challenges, the trustful. Sabrina, we've talked about how dangerous this task is, but how would you have been if Basim was at the end of the rope for you? Look, it's hard It's hard to tell because his heart's into it and you, you know that you'd feel like you'd trust his personality in a sense he'd want to do the best for you, but he just seems like he just can't concentrate and I would be so worried for the for the one moment he needed to break, he just catches something else and he just starts watching it instead of, instead of breaking yeah. my fall. I'd be so nervous up there. I'd be giving it everything to try and trust him, but I would be so nervous. Yeah, I think his heart's in the right place, but like, I just don't know that I would be able to put my life on the line. At one stage, I don't know if you copped it, but there was a bit there where he let go of the rope before, you know, before anybody was uh, actually, you know, repelling, but they Mm. were in place and he let go of the rope so he could stretch and warm up. And and Billy said, (laughs) get your hands back on the rope. And I was like, oh, dude. (laughs) Not the best start. Definitely not the best start. And he he did it twice. That was what do you reckon was going through his mind? He would have been overthinking that. You know, he's failed on the first attempt. On the mm. second attempt, it was almost a fait accompli, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, the overthinking it gets the better of him. I've noticed he tries so hard, like way too hard, almost to the point where he needed to let them fall a little bit longer. And he was probably worried because he made the mistake the first time. And and yeah, he just he couldn't reel it in. Yeah, the panic, unfortunate. But I still really like him. I like you know, as we've said, the whole way. He's got a great heart, but his mind just sometimes just drifts off. Uh, following the trust fall, we saw Sarah's fork was found in the mud, which Ant picks up and it results in a gruelling and muddy beasting in that coal, which made me think, forking hell. Uh, and that's not with an accent. That's just a play on words. Do you reckon that that was already in place, Sabrina? Yeah, I mean, we know the DS. They've always got something up their sleeve. As much as they try and push you those little things are what they're looking for. Yeah. It's part of that soldier mentality. If you get caught out there with any little bit of rubbish, any fork, knife, whatever it may be, that can be enough to give themselves away. So, oh, look, I think they were going to go through that mud regardless. But what I liked about that was that Sarah, she owned it. She owned the mistake. Yeah. Um, but then when the beasting was done, she looked remorseful to her team, which says a lot, but then she just parked it and moved on. So, you know, it was like mm. three things. It was an acceptance that she'd failed it. There was an acceptance that it was on her, but then she just went, well, it's done now. I've got to mm. park it and move on. Yeah. The amount of grit that I saw and determination in her face piling through that mud, like she wasn't getting, there was nothing going to stop her. Did you see some of them had like proper black mud in their in their teeth? I was like, in their oh. teeth. <laughs> <laughs> You're not getting People that pay out. good money for that. <laughs> <laughs> 
that a beauty treatment? <laughs> so at this point, we lost stay-at-home mum, Sandy, with a calf injury. Uh, do you reckon if she had not been injured, she could have gone the whole way? I don't know. There was this part of me that said that she had the mentality what they needed to push through. But there was probably little bits that we saw early on in terms of the team dynamic that may have slipped her up. I don't know. I definitely think she had the determination. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I'm not 100% bought on that though. I like the fact that she stayed in overnight, that, you know, she was injured and she didn't complain about it. She did actually go out and face the next day. So I like that. That Mm. showed a bit of grit. But ultimately you do a calf injury like that on that course, that's out. You're not going to get through it. You can't stay in it limping either, you know. You're not going to – you definitely would have been not selected at the end. So it's sort of, you know, jump out while you can. Good on her for hanging in for as long as she could. The remaining crews returned to the accommodation to clean off the mud. Well, they tried to clean off that mud, so that is not – they've still got it on them. Um, (laughs) Gary was brought in to have a bit of a chat with Ant and Dr. Dan Pronk to discuss his psychometric evaluation. Now, we should probably explain, you and I and all the recruits – had to go through several psycho evaluations before you go on the show, not just to see whether or not you're okay to do it, but also to to give them an indication of your personality type and, and what that kind of reveals. Do you remember answering those questions, because there's so many of them, and thinking, should I bullshit them? And because <laughs> it's an option. I mean, there's part of you that, you know, everyone has their skeletons and you sort of think, oh, maybe I shouldn't say this. Maybe it might be used against me. But once you realise that this show is not like that and they genuinely do have your best interests, it's probably the best thing to give them everything so they know the parameters of what they can do to push you and also know if they've pushed you too far. So, yeah, for a bit there I was thinking this is, you know, very, very deep. But at the same time I knew that it was going to be used in the right way. Yeah, it's funny with those tests too. We should explain like there's not like you mm. know what the correct answer is. You have to give your answer. And so it's mm. really tricky to know whether or not you're revealing too much and that could be used against you and that's what kind of plays in your mind. But ultimately I just went, I think I need to be honest because if if I get caught out bullshitting them on the course, that will be off for sure and they'll break me open. So I may as well be honest and at least I'll know that I have been. Rather know that you're a psycho right from the beginning than at the end. <laughs> they looked at my profile and just went, yep, tick, crazy, certified. Mm, comedian, don't know about that. Uh, but I will say this, though. Look, if I was Gary and I was called in to talk about my psychometrics, that would have really rattled me out of all of the situations that I've seen where, you know, we were interrogated properly. I actually think being called in to discuss your psychometrics at that point in the course, that would have really rattled me. Yeah, I mean, when you walk in there, probably the last thing you're thinking they're going to talk about and and, and each recruit has their own demons that they're, they're battling with. That's probably why they're on the course. But I think it also can be used and harnessed as a good thing. I think you can come out of a a conversation like that and go, you know what, this is everything that I've gone through, but I'm still here and I'm still tracking along. Can I use this and harness this in a good way to push me through and keep keep myself in the game? And it was really good to see, and I've seen this with a lot of the civilians, it's just there's no bullshit. You know, Gary just went straight to truth. He just went straight to truth. Mm. And I was just like, good on you. That was, you know, that really yep. kind of won me there. Uh, the next challenge, the recruits are split into teams for the casualty stretcher evacuation and surfer Mitch cops an absolute spraying <laughs> from DS Billy. Let's have a listen to the audio. 
You are the weakest I've ever made in my life. For a young bloke, you are pathetic. Do you understand me? Yes, sir. What are you? Pathetic. You are pathetic. You have got more balls than he has. Share them with him. Is that is that the most brutal spray we've heard? Oh, I think it's up there. Anytime Billy raises his voice, you know you f***ed up. That's what I will say. <laughs> yes. Out of all, of all four of them, if he's the one yelling at you, you might as well pack your bags now. Yep, correct. Because with Ant, Ant's always yelling at you. Foxy, if, he, he, if he's yelling at you, he's usually teasing you at the same time or he's genuinely a bit pissed but moves on. Ollie will yell at you, but you've got to push him pretty hard. If Billy goes off on you... Oh shit! Oh, I was just—I felt so sorry for Mitch. I thought, Jesus, I didn't think he'd done that badly, to be honest. Neither did I. But you know, <laughs> having to say that he's pathetic out loud. Oh, oh, I felt for him. Definitely felt for him. Do you reckon he deliberately kind of put a little bit of a spray on him to, you know, put him on the flames, as it were, to to see whether or not he'd crack? Do you reckon it, he wasn't actually maybe doing that badly, but Billy knows that that's enough to kind of get into his headspace? Yeah, I mean, the DS, they're not stupid. They know what they're doing and they know that they can push certain people. And I think up until that point, they were still trying to figure out where Mitch was at in, mm. in their sort of order. And I think that that might have been part of that. I don't know. But I think sometimes they just love a l- little bit of a spray at the yeah. same time. Sometimes I feel like they just want to have a sandwich and have a cup of tea. And so, and if we're slowing down <laughs> the process, it's just like, you know, <laughs> you're taking too much time. And they're going, are you hungry? Do you have a Snickers? <laughs> um, all right. Gary struggled here as well. And although he, he made it through to the end, he later VWs because his body has reached his limits. I looked at Gary and I just thought, hey, that, that is a person who has given every ounce. You could see mm. it, couldn't you, physically and mentally. Yeah, and you could tell that he mentally was so strong. And and part of his career back then would have been, it would have required a lot of mental strength. And I definitely think it wasn't that that let him down. I think physically he just wasn't going to be able to keep up. And to be honest, he lasted longer than I thought, so credit to him. Yeah, look, he he took a beating. He took a real punishment, and I have full respect for him. I thought he did a, a really good job of it. But do you reckon Gary walks away from this content? I mean, I think so. I think so. I think I don't think he left thinking I've got more in me. I think he left going. I I genuinely have given everything, and and I feel like when you you've given everything, you know you've given everything. I think you know where you're at inside, and I I, I hope I hope he did take something away from it. You know what I really liked? He asked for no second chances. He was given no second chances. He took it for what mm. it was, and I really liked that about Gary. Yeah, I can. I completely agree. I think he was very real, very honest, and he was there for the right reasons. I felt like he, you know, he's made some mistakes in the past, and he was he was there to, you know, confront those demons. So yep, yeah, I'm, totally. I'm happy for him. Look, oh, closing out the episode was one of the most brutal things, not just for people to watch and see, but like to be in that circumstance. Unanimously, Basim was voted out by his peers. Mm. That group moment where you have to say to somebody, your time has come. It, it must be awful to do. Yeah. I th- I didn't realise that they would be the ones making the decision. Ultimately, I thought it would be coming down to the DS. So it's a lot of responsibility to put on the group. But at the same time, if, if the group pick you, you can't sit there and go, you know, I deserve to be here. Obviously, it's the right thing to do. But with Basim, it was... 
I felt two things. I felt, you know, I was sad because he entertained me this whole time and I genuinely loved watching him even when he made mistakes. But I also completely understood the process. You know, he just wasn't he wasn't all there. And and you can't just be all heart and you can't all be physical. You need to be the complete package. So yeah, he was the weakest link in the end. Yeah, I really liked him as a person. I think, you know, he made mistakes, but outside of it, he was always caring for the group. He was always around other people. He wanted to do the right thing. He just wasn't capable of processing what was required on, on the course. But, you know, good on him. You know what, another time and another place, he could probably do really, really well there. But it's at the moment, for whatever reason, I think from the start he made a few mistakes and they just ate him away. But good on him. And now just six recruits remain. Up next, we discuss the final episode of SAS Australia Hell Week for 2021. Well, we've reached the final stages of what has been a brutal week of SAS Australia. Let's jump into the first of the final challenges, the cat crawl, which is a very technically difficult task, made even more difficult by making a race. Sabrina, it's about a balance between technique and speed. And we saw people literally, you know, capable falling off the ropes because they tried to go too hard too fast. Yeah, with a task like that, you've got to be so focused. You've got to be so disciplined, especially when you're competing against someone else. I love the fact that they did add another person because it's another bit of pressure and to see how focused you can be. And I think there was probably two false starters that took the race quite literally and it threw them off completely. As soon as you fall off the rope, we know how hard it is to try and get back up from that rope. Definitely. And we should point out to people like, you know, your hands at this stage are really brutalized. Your hands are sore and those ropes are not very comfortable. So everything, (laughs) everything hurts. Just pulling yourself along on a rope is uncomfortable. But if you slip to regain is actually very difficult because everything now hurts. So you have to be laser beam focused on that rope. And unfortunately, I think it was uh, James, uh, the the health coach, he just glanced to his side and bang, he's off the rope. And that's all it takes. Gone. Momentary. Yeah. And, and the DSA always say, just look along the rope, like keep your eyes straight across the rope. Honestly, I remember how hard, I couldn't even pull myself up. That's how hard it actually is. And not many people can. And I think that credit to the two guys that tried to sort of keep themselves still Ugh. going backwards but at that point I knew they weren't gonna they weren't gonna make it yeah it's uncomfortable look and I, I don't want to speak on behalf of you Sabrina but for me um it did shred my balls apart so it's that's, that's, that's a big rope and it, look it, it it has to go somewhere that rope and unfortunately <laughs> I might I might have had a couple of stabilizers there that maybe that helped me I really don't know but it was not very pleasant and I remember like just getting a Across the cat crawl, I remember being really badly bruised and burnt from the rope. Yeah, I mean, I can't really relate on the the, the rope burn down there, but I can definitely, I can definitely relate to the rope burn on the hands and and, yeah. and genuinely just with your hands being completely cooked, it is the last thing you want to do. Well, when Mitch fell from the the cat crawl, I reckon that was, again was a distraction issue. Recruit Isabella couldn't keep her composure. There was a gasp and what sounded and looked like a laugh. Now, this of course pissed Ant right off. Let's take a listen to his reaction. Oh. Keep the noise down, number eleven. 
Do you think it's funny, number 11? No, staff, sorry, staff, sorry. Do you know what? You're all gonna pay later if you think it's funny. Sorry. You should be sorry to the others because they're gonna pay because of you, number 11. Stand by for when we get back now. Anyone who's got the nerve to laugh after Aunt Middleton has just said something, they have got some serious oh. balls because I would never do that. Never. I think, do you reckon it was just a case of being young and maybe just misreading the room a little bit? I don't think she, it was malevolence there. I think she just. No. Just had a strange reaction to the circumstance, you know, heightened emotions and it's, you know, she'd done really well on the cat crawl. But then, like, when he says zip it, if they say keep the noise down, they mean it. Yeah, they really do. And and to be honest, I wonder if it was triggered by the level of confidence that she, you know, she completed yeah. the task. She was in a good space and feeling quite confident. I think if she didn't, I, don't, I wonder if she would have been in that situation where she would have been laughing. But, um, yeah, ended up in a real beastie. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, Sabrina. Look, they talk so much about having control of your emotional state. Like you have to, you mm. have to be locked down emotionally to everything when you're on that course. And that's probably mm-hmm. the first example I reckon I've seen where the emotions have carried somebody away because through relation, we did actually see it in season two with Alicia Mollick when she got up the yeah. helicopter and she celebrates like, ooh, fist bump. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, sometimes when you do well at something, you've got to actually just look like it has not touched you, has not phased you mm-hmm. to show the emotional control. So that was probably what it was. Yeah, it's it's a tough one because in the in the DS's eyes, they see it as, you know, you've you've completed the task, but so you should have. Yep, exactly. <laughs> For them, it's like, yeah, you, you need to pass the task. Whereas us, it's like, oh my goodness, we've just passed it. How have we done that? So it's sort of balancing those emotions between, you know, being human and understanding how hard those tasks are, but also realising that part of being selected, you need to be passing those tasks. Absolutely. And that's just, like you say, it's just that their expectation is like, yeah, of course you should do that. I, I reckon that <laughs> the hardest physical thing I have ever done in my life where I actually thought I might die on top of a mountain, I remember getting to the very top, being the first one there, seeing Foxy and going, he's probably going to reward me with a chocolate bar here. And I get up <laughs> and he just goes, all right, keep the noise down, number 10. And all I was doing was breathing. <laughs> Where's my chocolates, Foxy? Far out. All right. The recruits head back to base camp where immediately they're on the parade square waiting punishment. Mm. We know what that's like when you the waiting is half the part of it, but it's not a beasting. Mm. Sabrina, it was a sickener. Explain explain to people what the difference is between a beasting and a sickener. Oh, so, I mean, to be honest, they're both terrible, but the difference between a beasting and a sickener is the sickener does not stop until a recruit or more than one recruit falls away. So cannot complete the task anymore. And that is tough, a tough situation to be in, especially at this point in the course when a lot of these recruits can actually hack it. So you're going to be doing it for a little bit of time. It's not like you're going to do one lap and it's going to be all over. At this stage, most people can keep up. So you know you're going to be doing it for at least an hour or two hours. And, you know, if you don't have that person who's willing to put their armband in, you can be doing it all day. Yep. I look at what they did on that sickener and 
you know, most of those exercises we did in bee stings mm. or on sickness. And I can honestly vouch that that would have been incredibly difficult because it was all body stuff. You know, it's like every single part of your body is going to ache from that. There's no like kind of relief anywhere. Every single part of your body is going to get brutalized in that. It seemed definitely that they were out there to break Isabella, to get her, to VW for her actions on the on the cat rope, but it was actually Mitchell that went. Mm, mm. And that is unfortunately part of the sickness. You just don't know who's going to go. You don't know who it's going to take victim because everyone is struggling. There is no one that's going through a sickness that is comfortable. Every single person has a moment where they think, if this goes on for a certain period of time, I don't think I can do this anymore. Yeah, definitely. And it can be something, you know, for each individual, it might be squats or it might be the fireman's carry, or there's always something you just think, if this goes for another minute or two, I'm cooked. And then all of a sudden, you know, you might it, it might change up and then or you're doing something different and you're okay again. But unfortunately, it caught Mitch. It's hard to say whether or not he quit because he was getting completely flogged or if he voluntarily withdrew to end the pain of the others. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of me that's thinking – I think he did do the right thing in his brain. I think he thought he knew that it wasn't going to finish until someone did. And I think he also may have realised that this was really tough. Like Mm. maybe he even admitted on the phone to his loved ones that this was way tougher than he thought it was going to be. And I think maybe there was a small crack in his mind earlier that may have played on him and and it's probably a little bit of both. Yeah, well, look, full respect to him. I thought he did an awesome job for a young man at age 22. He did really well. Good on him. Unfortunately, the next challenge where they all went on to was a familiar one, the 2K obstacle course. Uh, Mm. It's the same course that almost took out Olympians, Jana Pittman and John Stephenson. Sabrina, we talked about having the awareness to know when you're done. What were you thinking when Isabella refused to hand in her armband on that course? I felt that was probably the most real we'd seen from her. When you're under that much fatigue and and pressure, I think it shows you the true character. And I was a bit disappointed, to be honest, because she she wasn't just a little bit behind. She was way behind, Mm. way, way behind. And there was no way that she was catching up. And at that point, you need to be very not just honest, but I think just self-aware, self-aware of of what you can and can't do. And it, it, you know, it took the DS actually taking it from her rather than her going, you know what, I'm going to give it up. Yep. So it's a 50-50 knife edge call for me there because I admire somebody that refuses to quit. But also too, you know, if you don't quit and you rejoin that team, that team is not going to want you as part of that team because you didn't sacrifice yourself when they needed you to. So do you know what I mean? It can't win either way. I think for her, that point for me was probably the beasting the night before. I think that that was her moment to go, you know, I caused this, we're in a lot of pain, but I'm sticking with this. And she did. But then this one... You can't have two in a row in my eyes, two in a row where you're, you know, you're really struggling and you're probably the weakest in the pack. You've got to call it a day. And that's what they do. That's what it's designed to do is to literally wear you down. But in the end, you know, it was Aunt Middleton taking her armband and that was that was it for Isabella. We've now made it to the final challenge and the last chance for the recruits to have an opportunity to prove themselves worthy of SAS selection. 
our thoughts on the final four next. Fourteen ordinary Australians with something to prove took on SAS Australia's selection course, and now only four remain. Holistic health coach James, tradie Luke, dating coach Sarah, and dancer James. The final challenge splits the recruits into pairs, and they have to complete a helicopter insertion before following a map, finding a locked cache, and remembering a code to open it, and then using bolt cutters inside to rescue the hostage from within a tear-gassed prison. Sabrina, were you jealous or envious of this one, of this task? (laughs) I'm definitely jealous. That's two seasons now with a tear gas and we didn't get that. So, yeah, but to be honest, I actually thought these guys did all right. I I thought they handled it quite well. Yeah, it was interesting, like, you know, the attention to detail, it's unforgivable to forget the code or not, you know, absorb the code. If they give you a number, you've got to know that. Dancer James, uh, he was he was on that. He had it both yeah. times. He knew it, and that yeah. was absolutely pivotal. The gas, obviously, is to discombobulate. They would not have known in a million years that that was going to be the case. They would have, you know, they no went straight into that. And they all had to pile out and go back in for a second shot. But it did feel very much like a mission challenge, didn't it, as opposed mm. to just a physical challenge. Yeah, there were so many things that compounded in this last challenge, which I think is the whole point of it. They want to see if you've learned throughout the last few days and you can use it in the last challenge. I think even being in pairs is such a part of the challenge that people don't realise. You can get so complacent when you're in a pair because one can lead and one can just be a part of it. And I felt like there probably was times with Trady Luke, I felt like he was probably being a little bit complacent with James being his partner. Yeah. The other thing too is that none of them really seemed to form up a plan. Like, you Mm. know, it's everything's easier in hindsight, but there was no kind of like stop down of, okay, you know, where there was a communication between either of the pairs that said, okay, this is what we'll do. I'll go in first. Mm. If it's clear, I'll call to you. If it's not, I'll come out, you know, going Mm. into the smoke filled room. There was not a lot of communication in pairs full stop in that challenge. And I reckon that that's actually something that the DS are looking for, that teamwork, that communication, that pairing in that final challenge. As you say, it's a combination of everything they've learned. The one thing that probably stood out for me though with the gas was James and Luke and how they approached being able to use what they've got to combat the gas as much as you can in that scenario. The first two, they completely went straight back in again and and (laughs) struggled probably almost the exact same as when they went in the first time. Yeah. And look, I mean, I've never been gassed. I'd like to. Sounds weird. But... um... (laughs) But it's, yeah, it's it's probably something that would be so horrific that it's hard to concentrate on what you're doing from thereafter. You know, like once you've mm. kind of had that battery of the gas, it's hard to make concise decisions. But in the end, one team went through and one team failed that. But before we discuss final selection, let's go over each of the final recruits. Mm-hmm. Trady Luke, uh, he was one of my picks to pass the course, but... He seemed to be lacking something with hesitation. The DS mentioned that he was hesitant uh, before he did something. As as you would say, Sabrina, you you can't hesitate when you're in those situations. If they say, get out of a chopper, you're out like that. 
Yeah, the the hesitation part is is a major red flag for them because I feel like all these small things are parts of your personality they can't teach. And that's, that is the part that they're looking for. The physicality and, and all those things you can teach, you know, as time progresses. You know what? That is an excellent point that you make that it's about the things that they can't teach you that they're looking for. And you're right. Like if you're the sort of person that is naturally hesitant, they can't really teach you not to be. All right, next, holistic health coach, James. I really warmed to this guy and I started yeah. thinking, hang on a second, he's becoming a real dark horse. Is he the grey man? But he faltered a bit in the final challenges. What did you think of him? I felt like he didn't show enough and maybe that let him down, like you said, a bit of a grey man, but maybe in a seven-day course, it's probably not enough time to show what he was completely made of. For me, he didn't really make an impact at all. Yeah, I think he was just kind of cruising along and, you know, enjoying the experience of it as opposed to mm. trying to thrust himself forward as as a leader or a winner in that case. But mm. look, good guy, did well, certainly yep. very fit and he'll take a lot away from it. Dating coach, Sarah, Sabrina, mm. one of your picks for the course. Yes, she was one of my picks. <laughs> right from the get-go, I think. What was it? Right from day one, I could just see she was completely focused and she was taking it seriously. And for me, those are two major, major things on this course. You need to want to be there, you need to be able to embrace it, and you need to be able to focus. And for me, I saw that through her eyes right from yep. day one. Dancer, James, both of us picked mm. him for the course. He's focused yeah. from the start. His determination, his resilience, his physical strength. It only really occurred to me after watching the last episode, oh, that's right, he's a dancer. Like, you know, that's normally a profession that you don't associate with brutality mm-hmm. and yeah. that kind of perseverance. You think it's a show mm-hmm. business. It's He was mm-hmm. absolutely there from the get-go. I think it was actually that controlled aggression. Like he knew the timing of when to let it out and, and mm. when to push forward, but also he knew the timing of when to to pull back and, and, and start thinking and being very, very calm. And I think that that was a major attribute. And, and to be honest, it showed in the last bit there and he yep. was a standout for me. Yeah, he was switched on at the end there. He knew the, the code for the lock. He knew what was going on. He corrected it. He wasn't, you know, letting any details slip by him. But I reckon that one of the things that got him through was just a work rate. He was absolutely yeah. working the whole time. And no doubt that comes mm-hmm. from his dancing background, which is, you know, very hard working, physically demanding. And he was able to do it and keep a really good positive attitude the whole time. And that's why I was like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. I reckon he will get through. All right, so James and Sarah, past selection for Hell Week. Sabrina, is that what you would have called if you had been one of the DS, would you have picked those two? I think it would have been close. Being completely honest, I think James probably was a little bit more in front than Sarah just on the basis of he was just consistent across the board and maybe she would have just missed out with me selecting, but at the same time, I think they both deserve to be there. I think they both worked their ass off and I think they both were fully committed to the course. So I would have been maybe a little bit different, but at the same time, I, I don't disagree with what they say. Yeah, that's it. Like I was a little bit surprised to see Sarah then. I thought James was a shoe in 
I wasn't disappointed though. I was like, oh yeah, mm. okay. There's a there's a logic yeah. here, and I could when I recalled all the things that she'd done and the things that she hadn't done, I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. And then you know you got to take into the, into account that the DS see different levels, even different levels to Correct. what you and I see, as opposed to just a viewer. They would see have incredible insights, and they've seen something in her, and they've gone that passes selection. So. Yep, fair call and fair play and congratulations to them both. Congratulations to all of them. Sabrina, I was really, I really liked watching The Civilians. I really liked it. Same. I, I loved it. Um, we both said this, you know, anyone that puts themselves forward for this course is, you know, a, a complete champion, but also a civilian, someone that doesn't really have much to gain in terms yep. of profile. It is purely for the commitment of the course. Yep. I have nothing but respect for all of these recruits and it has been really nice to watch. And finally, I'm going to give three votes to Basim because he gave me so much entertainment and also to remind <laughs> me, he reminded me that sometimes just having a crack at something that is uncomfortable is going to give you great learning. So good on him. I, I thought he was excellent. I wouldn't have liked him to be my rope man. Um, but <laughs> uh, Well, Sabrina, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for joining me each week for the debrief here. Keep an eye on the iHeartRadio app for your next podcast binge. And if you want to watch SAS Australia all over again, it's available for catch-up on 7+. Till next time, thanks for listening. <laughs>